Let's freaking go! Football card collecting and investing. Andy, are you kidding me? We finally have some prism that's going to be released out into the wild. It's actually happening. We'll get to that in just a second. We also got some fun plays for you, as always, at the end of the episode. But Andy, to start things off, it's a new frontier for you, and I haven't been able to do this very thing, so we're actually going to do something a little bit different to start today's episode. We're going to need your help. Wherever you're listening, watching, we need your help on card shows. What are some of your best strategies when it comes to card shows? Now, I've been lucky to go to a fair amount of card shows. Andy, because of everything that's happened in the world, uh, you haven't really been to, to any card shows, but we watch the vlogs. We have a decent idea. We go to hobby shops, but I know you're really excited. You know, with some of our viewers, you're, you're going to be going to a card show pretty soon. Going to a card show, man, in just a week and a half. I'm I'm super excited about this. I don't even think it's going to be a, a massive card show. It's not like the, the national or anything like that, but a local card show. I think it's going to have like 20 to 30 tables. Uh, super excited about it, man. I don't have a, a, uh, a full strategy kind of fleshed out. You know, I haven't been to a card show since the 90s, Carter, since I was a kid. Right. And uh, I brought some cards with me and my dad was carrying the, the wallet, you know, so he was he was making any purchases of stuff we found. So the one thing that I do think I'm going to do is get some cash. I'm not going to uh, rely on a, an, on an arbitrary budget number. I'm going to take out a certain amount of cash and that's what my budget is going to be walking into the card show. And of course I'm looking to find like some nice short print or autograph serial numbered skill position cards. That that's, that's my ultimate goal is to try and find some deals. I'm hoping that I can find some like baseball card dealers that got, have like a $3 autograph football bin and they're just like totally undervaluing certain players that we know are, you know, prime for a breakout this year. And that's that's kind of like my overall strategy. It might be terrible. I, I you know, I have no uh, clue outside of that of what I'm going to do. So I watch a lot of card vlogs. It's one of my favorite things like Mojo, Roth, Card Collector 2, all these guys. I, I, I think I've watched every single person go to these card shows. And you see them film in Dallas. You see them film in Vegas at all these different shows. Let's just say you are a beginner. I would highly recommend not doing what those guys do. Those guys <laughs> are professionals. Uh uh, Kenneth Fornos, I mean, all these guys. So they, they've been in the business. They really know what they're doing. And, you know, the, the second part of it is you're not seeing like the full expenses for a lot of these card shows, right? You know, a lot of them, you know, rent a car, hotels, gas, food, all those things. The first thing, as far as like card shows are concerned, make sure you, you budget for those things, right? You don't want that stuff to bleed into your actual card budget. For that show so that's very important that's something that i did do at the last card show that i went to and it did help me out a lot because it, it cleared my mind of okay if i buy this card i i might have to go to you know costco and eat some ramen noodles on the side of the road on the way back so you know i i didn't allow that to you know get in the way but as far as the actual cards are concerned andy the Number one thing about a card show, the biggest benefit of the card show is that the card right there in front of you, whereas compared, you know, to online, well, they're 
they're not like <laughs> you you never know if that's actually your card that's going to be sent to you unless of course it's serial numbered or you can see the PSA cert or anything like that so that to me is one of the bigger benefits of going to a show yeah so if you're grail hunting then and and you're tar you're targeting a guy like Brady or Mahomes or Rogers or Burrow or, or Herbert you, you get that card in front of you at a card show you probably feel a lot better about the the authenticity and, and actually like taking that home with you and it not getting lost in the mail especially if you're making a big purchase i you know I, the biggest purchase i think i've made on ebay for a single card was about four or five hundred dollars so i haven't made like I, but i see some of these sales on ebay for thousands of dollars and i'm like man that's got to be stressful <laughs> waiting that five days so that card gets to you right yeah and look cash is king and that's one of the other big benefits is the monetary aspect of it a lot of old school dealers just do card shows now andy because they don't want to deal with fees so this is something else you got to factor in if you go to a card show i understand that ebay comps run the hobby but part of you as a buyer is you're, you're you, when, when someone is selling you a card they would much rather prefer to sell you the card right then and there because you know instead of selling it online where you know you have to deal with taxes and a whole lot of different things uh they want to sell the card right there so you might be able as a buyer to get some value on a card because they would prefer to sell it cash right there on the spot and something else that happens at card shows andy is trades trades mm. are a lot easier at card shows because it does add the human element to it. And and when you're face-to-face -face with someone, you're able to build relationships. And you can meet these people, and they can help you find that grail card you're looking for. They might know someone that knows that person that has that card. And, Andy, the vice versa of that is also true, where they also might know a buyer for a card that you might have that they want. So that's another big benefit of going to a car show is some of the relationships that you can build. Yeah. I'm curious how many of the dealers actually have like uh, price tags on the cards at their tables or, or do they just say, you know, make me an offer because I've watched a lot of like picker type shows where they're, they're, they're going through garage sales and different events looking for deals. And most of the stuff isn't labeled with price tags and, and like their, their big lead off for negotiating is how much do you want for this kind of, gauge that person's confidence and their price point and, and how you know likely they are to maybe take a little bit less so I, i'm really curious to see what the environment is like at the card show i'm sure that these guys from what i've heard i've talked to a, a couple guys in our discord that have been to quite a few shows they're like it sometimes it is overwhelming it seems like you're in a in a tank full of sharks of, of guys that either are extremely knowledgeable about the exact values of all the cards in that room or they just they seem that way uh and, and it can be a daunting task to try and negotiate a, a better deal on a card so walking into i'm walking into deep waters here man yeah and here's the thing it's very important to know that you are not card collector too like you're, you're not one of these you know huge dealers that that guy is you know unreal like he knows so much and he, he's around it and you know he's also a content machine as well you you i i think it is important to narrow your fo your focus because it can overwhelm you and obviously 
on this channel, we focus on football cards. And here's the thing, Andy, I, I, I've been to a few shows and a few really nice hobby shops, and I've always been interested in soccer cards. I'm a big Liverpool fan. I'm a big LFC fan. I want to buy Mo Salah cards, Steven Gerrard vintage cards, Kenny Daglish, all that stuff. And we have a very good friend, Brad Nolan, who's big into the vintage you know, soccer market. It's a whole different world. And it can overwhelm you when you're trying to wear so many different hats. So we always say this, Andy, we, we are football cards and you're near 100% football cards. I'm probably at 90% football cards. Keep that in mind. Go in there with a the focus because it can overwhelm you. It can knock your budget off because you could be at a show and you're like, okay, I, I'm, I'm here to buy Justin Jefferson cards. But you're like, God, you know, I grew up watching Kobe Bryant, and here is this autographed Kobe Bryant card, and it's $3,000 cash. And if you want it, get it. If you could swing it, get it. But it can overwhelm the living daylights out of you. And, Andy, you, you, you've seen it yourself, people, you know, just trying to do too much when it comes to this hobby. And, and how willing are they uh, for you to, like, show them the eBay comps in your phone? Like, I've right. seen some memes and pictures of, like, don't say the word comps to me <laughs> at a show. I think some of those dealers definitely don't want to hear it. They're, like, old school kind of guys. They want to work and negotiate out. They have already understand where the card's been, where it's at now, where they feel it's going. So it's like they just want to talk, you know, mano a mano and, and work out a deal but I mean, eBay comps are critical. Like I can see myself standing at a show like eBay, you know, searching a card to kind of get an idea of, of what it's worth. But so I, I do think it's per, like important to understand like you, you, you're targeting for me, right? I'm going to be targeting rookie ticket auto skill position players. And I already understand what most of those are worth. So that I don't really need to pull out eBay a whole lot. And I can kind of you know, be a lot uh, uh, more like quicker on my feet, kind of, so to speak. Especially if you're one of those people like me. So I, I'm a Tyron Matthew collector. I'm building a Drew Brees collection. Neither, it, obviously Drew Brees bigger than Tyron, but neither one of those guys are like, you know, the Burrow, Herbert, Brady, Manning, you know, level where, you know, they're always super hot in the hobby. So going to a card show in a shop helps someone like me because, you know, it's not the main focus for a lot of people. And I can, find some cards that I'm looking for. I'm also, you know, a Marcus Colson guy as well. That's a deep cut right there. And Andy, as you know, I, this was obviously a hobby shop, a really good hobby shop, but it was kind of the same thing. I was able to go to this hobby shop and get a Marcus Colston gold number to 10 card in that 2012 prism set for $10, $10. I'm never going to find that card online. I'm just not. I've always wanted Colston prism gold because of the, jersey match and all that stuff but you know going to shows helps out with that and something else that happens it's a, it's also one of those one man's trash is another man's treasure I, i'm also an lsu collector for my lsu channel which is my full-time job i give out a bunch of lsu cards and andy you, you know the story i'll share it here it's my first time sharing it there was a guy that walked in with this priority mailbox filled with short print LSU cards of a bunch of, you know, skill position guys. And they were really rare cards and he just wanted to unload them. And he, I cashed at them 50 bucks and they were PSA 10, Jeremy Hill, Leonard Fournette, cleat cards, Leonard Fournette, Jersey cards. There were 10 DJ Chark autos. And I have of course more than valued it because that 
was really good for my audience. That was really good for my PC because someone was looking to unload it and they were looking to get cash right there on the spot. And that is something else because you're there because I had a focus and I knew what I wanted. You can get unbelievable deals when you are there in person. And Andy, that is just such a big game changer. So let me throw this question to you. Do you believe card shows are worth it for our listeners and viewers of this, of this podcast? I do. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's uh, a, for the experience and, and B for finding those gems, those diamonds in the rough, so to speak, you know, looking for the treasure that someone else is, you know, more or less considering and not, I hate to say, use the word junk, but, uh, or trash it's not, but to them, you know, it's, it's a dollar card or a $3 card where to you, it's worth 20, 30 plus dollars. And that's the thing. Like for me, it's worth it. Number one, if you're listening or watching this, you're a sports card diehard, or if you're just new to it, you probably are very interested in sports cards. It's heaven for me. There are very few places I would rather be than a card show. Even if I don't buy anything, just looking at it, looking, you know, I, I can go to a card show, Andy, and just look at 90 inserts all day. It could be basketball inserts. It could be football inserts. I just like looking at it. I like holding it. You can go to a show and you can hold a Tom Brady rookie for the first time in your life. And you've seen it online and it becomes like this 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 thing even if you're not going to buy it people don't mind you holding it they they don't i don't run off with it but uh <laughs> but yeah you know go in understand you know the, a, a lot of people that are watching and listening this they they have a good idea of what cards are worth what and the second last little bit we uh, i'll give away on this and i've i've seen this on the card vlogs and it's backfired on a lot of people don't act like you know everything. Don't do that because there's always going to be someone at that card show that's been in the business longer that knows more than you, right? Just because something, like you said a minute ago, just because something on eBay sold for something doesn't mean that that's what that person wants to sell that card for. So be kind, be courteous. Don't act like uh, you're the smartest guy in the room and you will have a lot of success. So Andy, I, w I wish I, I'm, I'm flying to Tampa to go to the show with you. <laughs> I, I want to go, man. Let's you do it. You get, you're getting me excited. So I'm, I'm definitely going to be recording it. I'm definitely going to be Hell recording yeah. it. The transactions, multiple angles. Uh, I'm curious be, to see, because I have been to a card shop here in Tampa and the guy did cut me a deal on a few cards for like a couple dollars that were well undervalued uh, compared to eBay comps and even look at it. I think part of the reason was he knew I was a content creator and yeah. I was going to shout him out on my channel and stuff. So I, the channel's even bigger now, uh, way bigger. So I'm wondering if maybe I get a little content creator discount and maybe the show for a little, you know, shout yeah. out, you know, more willing to make a deal. Maybe <laughs> Let's make deals, baby. Shout out to Roth, man. He always says, just make those deals. Don't get greedy. Make those deals. And, and something else is when you actually do sell a card and they're giving you cash in your hand, it does kind of feel good. It just does because especially if you're flipping that card for, for profit, it, it just feels good because, you know, you put the work in and you found someone that was a buyer, especially if that person is, you know, PC in that card. It does go a long way. Now, uh, once again, anybody that has card show tips 
feel free to comment down below because more than likely there are quite a few people who, you know, go to card shows, card shops more often than us. And uh, we look at the stuff every day, but as you know, Andy, the in-person stuff is completely different than the online game. Now, you know, the big story, Andy, is that we finally are going to see some Prism released this week. We have been joking about it for months. We actually called this on a few podcasts ago. Uh, you know, it, we actually called this when we were doing the show back in early April and even before that, back in February. We're like, this thing is just going to keep getting pushed back, pushed back, pushed back. But Andy, it is finally here. Finally, man. Oh, my God. Panini finally got off their ass, and we got Prism, 2021 Prism, June 3rd. And, and they tweeted about this, a cool little 30-second commercial that was total hype. So no backing out now. June 3rd, Hobby Boxes, $1,600. They're available still for pre-order. Uh, that's 12 packs of 12 cards per pack. And you're looking for two autographs, 10 numbered prisms, four silver prisms, five inserts, and 24 rookies per box on average. So this is going to increase the amount of desirable 2021 rookie NFL cards considerably because this is going to target Walmart as well. Carter. I've also noticed release dates released for uh, Optic, so Contenders Optic, which is a hobby-only product. That is is now at the Ooh. end of June. Ooh. Yeah, that's a really nice product. Uh, it's not for sale right now, out of stock. you got Select. That is June 29th. All right. And, and they've, they've actually not, uh, announced a couple new stuff as well. you got Chronicles which Chronicles, I mean, they're going to blow the supply, so to speak, out of the water with this set because we know this is another set that even 2020, you could find and buy Blasters, Cellos of Chronicles pretty easily. It's, just, it's, it's, it's a gumbo or a, a, a mixed bag of different sets into this one. You don't kind of know what you're going to get. Uh, this is scheduled to be released on July 8th, so another major release that's going to go into retail stores and then they've got some 2022 product coming out as well they've got the chronicles for 2022 draft picks the uh 2022 prism draft picks has been pushed back out to july at some point uh and and you still got optic for 2021 that's july 20th now so summer is going to be uh, crazy with new products from panini Sell your Kyle Trask rookie ticket autos now. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's That's the one thing about the rookie ticket autos. I think those are going to maintain value just because of that autograph asset. Like, don't don't maintain, right? I think, obviously, Kyle Trask is a guy that's just going to probably keep, uh, you know, kind of going down as Brady, you know, makes another – historic super bowl run this year in 2022 you probably buy a great time to buy into him in like october november but um like certain skill position guys like you look at uh, Najee harris for example he's got on average a 130 dollar rookie ticket auto right now carter he also was drafted in the first round so they literally have already um they've already documented that Najee harris has over four thousand different rookie cards so it is crazy amount of different rookie cards. And that number is still going up with these new releases that come out as according to tradingcarddatabase.com. And so 
this rookie ticket auto may slightly drop a little bit just based on the supply, but I'm not sure. It's going to be interesting because it's one of those cards that's still considered very nice. It's got that brand recognition. You know, it's 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 a nice card. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens to that. But, you know, we could talk about Najee. I'm, I'm kind of out on Najee right now just from a Steelers perspective. I think they've got an incredibly difficult season ahead of them. Yeah, so it's interesting. So over 4,000 Najee Harris, as in like different variations of different cards? Var different variations already documented on tradingcarddatabase.com. Uh, Najee Harris has 4,001 different variations. You, you know, several hundred of those are going to be one of ones as well, whether it's printing plates are actually uh, documented one of one serial number. A lot of, of course, serial number cards in there, different variations, man. He's literally got 70 or so different prism cards. So it adds up quick. Yeah, so you made a good point about the rookie ticket auto. That's going to hold a little bit better. But if you have any Kyle Trask or really any of these guys, other short print kind of cards with – prism being released and i know i dropped a whoo in there in the middle <laughs> seeing select and, and i'm sorry if i you know blocked out when you said those release dates were but the main point is seeing select and optic and all those cards being released within a month of each other and once again i'm just going to call it i feel like those dates aren't definitive i think it's going to get pushed back uh but still that's the idea right now, and that's what a lot of people are seeing right now. Andy, I, but once again, we're, we're, we're still very young in this sports card boom. We're still very young in this football card kind of mm -hmm. era. That's a lot of product being released all at once. Yeah, because it's not just hobby. We're talking these are these are going to be mega boxes, blaster boxes, hanger boxes, cellos for one, two, three, four different sets. Um, and it does seem like they've somewhat strategically done this, done this so that it's all hitting the marketplaces around the start of this 2022 season, which maybe this is a new strategy of theirs because they've struggled with trying to hit release timelines. And maybe they're looking at how uh, 2020 uh, products did when they released like the Prism and the Optic around December and January. We know the playoffs are really hot. So it's interesting that they move these. So I, I do think there's some supply chain stuff in the background we don't see that definitely affected the delay in these releases. But at the same time, I kind of think that maybe it has something to do with the start of the season hype that yeah. they know is exists for football, and that has a plays a role in it. And maybe they were scouting the 2022 class and the lack of quarterback talent in the 2022 class, and maybe that has something to do with it too, Carter. I think it does. And and look, this would be the question I would ask you, Andy. All right, so I don't think that any of the quarterbacks in this class, 2022, and any of the quarterbacks in the last class, 2021, are anywhere close to being as good as Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert. I just don't see it happening with any of them. Uh and honestly, you start to ask this question as well. Would you take Jalen Hurts over all these guys right now? And now that this guy has A.J. Brown, and now that this guy has Dallas Goddard, well, he's had Dallas Goddard, um, 
and Devonta Smith is more than likely going to have a better year two than he had year one. And Quez Watkins is interesting. I don't know if I'd take Jalen Hurts over all these guys as well. So you, you do have to factor in. Look, Panini knows more than us, but we know this is true. Quarterbacks is what runs this hobby. I I think they're a little worried about the quarterback class. I I, I it, now it's not slowed down the prices. I, I'm seeing Zach Wilson short 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 print cards selling you know for three to four k on on social media, which is kind of crazy to think about. I understand New York market. I understand draft capital and all that, but it's very, very interesting. And then, you know, you also have Trey Lance and, and so on and so on. Andy, it's, it's, it is a new strategy. It is very different. And I do want to share this once again, this 2021 product in 2020, the 2020 versions of this product were released in December. And Mm -hmm. now this new product is being released now in the summer so what you thought of the prices then may not apply to now number one because of the talent of the players in those boxes of those rookie classes and andy once again the the release date being different it's going to be really important to comp 2021 qbs against other 2021 qbs because We've seen the supply uh, and just variations. You know, you talk about Joe Burrow having right at 4,000 different rookie cards printed. Uh, Justin Herbert's only like 200 behind him, and that's the draft pedigree. Really does dictate how many different cards Panini prints for you. Like going back to the Najee Harris example, Najee Harris, 4,001. Javante Williams, Carter, early second round draft pick, incredible force missed tackle efficiency last year. Denver Broncos on the up and up with Russell Wilson. He was only printed in 2,900 different rookie cards. So 1,100 fewer different rookie cards printed for him than Najee because of one day in the NFL draft. So draft pedigree matters so much to to Panini. It really does. It does. And, you know, to to follow up on that, you know, I'm – I'm I'm still very worried about running back buys just in general, just because of the guy shirt I'm wearing right now, Terrell Davis, one of uh, a hall of fame running back. I don't know if Javante Williams is going to be the next Terrell Davis. I think the Broncos are hoping that he's going to be the next Terrell Davis. I mean, you could buy really, really good Terrell Davis rookie cards right now, like very, very PSA 10, rookies of, of of td you know in in the hundreds 200 300s once again it depends on on the variation sometimes even less than 100 as andy is showing you on 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 the screen that just goes to show you you know and we've talked about this before as far as like uh ladanian thomas and adrian peterson the two best running backs of the modern era by a wide margin still get really good rookie card autos of those guys in the 400, 500 range, which is, you know, for me, robbery. That's it's just, it's disrespectful to those guys. So understand that, you know, especially with those running backs, I agree, Andy, with your Najee Harris skepticism, be very careful. I understand it's Alabama. I understand he's got a big smile, big personality. Mm -hmm. I understand that the Steelers are a big brand, but they're going to be bad this year. There's no other way around it. They're, they're, they're going to be bad. So, yeah, I, I, w- I, w- I would be very, very skeptical of just running backs in general. 
Yeah, I know I kind of got off on a little bit of a tangent about Najee, but I, I just, you know, I'm studying, like, this is full projection season for me. I'm studying the schedule uh, for each player that I go through, including, you know, how many different rookie cards they have, their fantasy outlook, the team outlook, the whole nine yards. And I'm sitting here looking at the Steelers schedule with the new quarterback, whether it's Trubisky or Kenny Pickett, and a, a, a very young offensive line. No, it was one of the worst offensive lines last year. They did a lot of shuffling. This year, they made a lot of uh, changes in the offseason, and so now it's very young. Uh, and, dude, I just – I he had one of the lowest run-blocking rates in the league last year. It was, it was terrible, um, and he did really well for it. But, I mean, look at their schedule. They're playing the Bengals week one, and then the Patriots, and then the Browns. They don't really get a, a decent matchup until week four against the Jets, but then it's right back at the Bills, the Buccaneers, the Dolphins. It's like the Steelers have an incredibly difficult schedule this year for for everything else that they've got going on. Yeah, and look, they got blown out a lot last year as well. So, I mean, I could see a lot of negative game scripts for this for this team as well. So Najee is a pass catcher out of the backfield, so he might give you some good fantasy weeks, but they're just going to be a losing team next year. There's no other way around it. But as far as like the quarterbacks are concerned for uh, this this next class or for the 2021 you know cycle, I'm I'm not in on any of them. But that's long term. I still think the hype cycle for them is going to just be so insane going into this next year because of the release dates. So I still think there are good flip opportunities for uh, a Zach Wilson because of uh, the, the New York market, because it's year two and we've seen, you know, year two and year three guys just blow up. Uh, you know, I, I, I do see some flip opportunities, but Andy, you know, especially with T law, some of that is already baked into some of his prices where, you know, you see some T law rookie ticket autos anywhere from 800 to 1200 uh, right now. And, you know, the more rare stuff is going for even more than that. And, and, and it's that is combined with all this new product that's coming out. And, and we already see the demand for even no name guys, rare cards of no name guys, but it's in a brand new set. People will, will reach for those. They'll reach for those because they're trying to build the brand new set. They want to have it now. You kind of pay for that initial hype spike of a brand new product coming out of the gates and prism, you know, more or less dry. They're the king set in the football card hobby. And Optic is right there behind it, man. Optic is right there behind it. Select is up there. A lot of people absolutely love the, the field levels and the, the, the color variations in that set. So, um, yeah, I think com you combine that with the, the, the beginning of the season. We're hitting the reset button on a lot of these guys. Imagine the 49ers finally uh, part ways with Jimmy Garoppolo. We have some clarity around Trey Lance starting this year. Boom. New product. We're going to see the spike, man. We're going to see the spike. Zach Wilson's going to get all the preseason media coverage being up in, in New York, the, all the improvements that they've made and the weapons that they've surrounded him with. Uh, we're going to see the spike at the beginning of the season. Same thing with Trevor Lawrence. Everything, it's all, it's like a, a reset button for a lot of these guys, minus uh, Justin Fields, poor guy. <laughs> you know, a reset button. And, and you could argue Mac Jones, but he's on the New England Patriots. You know, so even just the Patriots and the Bears fan bases are going to get excited for their guys, you know. But I do think that there's some flip opportunities for 2022, even though the guys 
slid. There's some guys that slid to day three. I still, I've got a couple plays for 2022 rookie quarterbacks that I think can are, are flip. Not not say they're long term guys that are any single one of them are going to long term amount to a hill of beans. But in the card market, what what is so interesting is you can sell it just on the news of them getting a starting job, just on the news alone and the scarcity. Now, before we get to those plays and hobby tip of the week, once again, football cards, uh, Patreon, that's where we want you to be. Patreon.com slash football cards. You could be a part of the Discord. I'm a big part of the Discord. And I learn a lot from people in that Discord that are way smarter than me, the guys like David Hunter uh, in, in that Discord. So make sure you check it out. And Andy, as far as hobby tip of the week, you know, it goes back to what, uh, for me personally, you know, there's life outside of football cards, right? It is our hobby. It is our favorite thing. But, you know, for me, I, I just spent a lot of money on a, on a trip to England. We got engaged. So, you know, understand that life, make sure you're able to budget, you know, life in there. I'm not able to buy some of the football cards that I used to be able to buy because, you know, I'm just getting my funds in order, uh, you know, and, and that doesn't mean I'm still not looking for that Drew Brees grail card. We were, you know, discussing some strategy before this, but, you know, make sure you budget life there, right? Don't get carried away. Have a budget for football cards and a budget for actual life bills, okay? You could think that buying this super rare Joe Burrow card one day is going to be worth 100K, but if you got to pay 5 to 10K for that card right now, that might not actually turn out to be what you think it's going to be because market shifts, trends shift, and I've seen a lot of people get burned by that. I fortunately have not been burned because I've never bought a card for, for that much, but you know, don't think that you need to. So make sure you keep that in mind. And Andy, I know you got some good hobby tip of the weeks as well. Oh, I do, man. And I've always looked at like the, the hobby as, as kind of like I'm playing poker, right? And I used to play a lot of poker. I go to the casino, play poker. And the one thing that the, the pros, the guys that were, uh, rounders if you will that that did this for a living they would always say never play with more than 10 percent of your overall bankroll like if you're going into a table and you've only got a hundred dollars then don't go in with more than 10 bucks so realistically let's say you got a thousand bucks don't go in with more than a hundred dollars you should be sitting at the thousand dollar table you need to be sitting at the hundred dollar table if a thousand's your total bankroll i think you should do the same thing with cards so that way it, it guarantees you because you're going to hit if you bought 10 $100 cards of different players, chances of you hitting on one of those guys with a good process is very high. And then you can, you know, replenish that bankroll. Maybe you hit on a couple guys, but if you go all in with all your bankroll, you're done. Like you're talking about. So I just kind of yeah. relate that to, to the poker uh, philosophy there. My hobby tip of the week is similar, Carter. Uh, and, and I recently just did a, a big group submission uh, for a bunch from a bunch of guys uh, through our patreon.com slash football cards discord server. We did a group submission to CSG. Two things I didn't realize that snuck up on me is there are fees involved in this submission process above and beyond just the fees uh, per card, right? So it, when they say $12 per card, there are some upcharges there. If, if you want to get the autograph graded, which we de- we elected not to because the autographs are guaranteed by Panini, the manufacturer on the card. So 
you don't necessarily need to get that autograph graded. Um, and, and that's a $2 upcharge. If you've got a thick car that's got a jersey patch, it's a $5 upcharge for a thick holder. Just off the bat, you need to buy one of their memberships. It's not like SGC where you can just sign up for free and submit cards and pay the $30 per card plus shipping. You, you pay shipping on your own to get them there and, and uh, get them back. The, uh, CSG, you have to buy a membership of $25. It's very similar to that of PSA where you have to pay for an annual membership to be able to submit cards. So I had to pay for an annual membership of $25 to submit the cards and then the shipping services that that to send the cards back are considerable. Uh, so they have a basic one of $35 with no insurance, or they have a $71 service with insurance. But right off the bat, that was a hundred dollars of, of fees that I didn't even was like not even accounting for. So, uh, you know, just hobby tip, learn from me, <laughs> you know, take those uh, other fees into consideration. Of, of the grading companies having to ship cards back plus the membership fees and potentially any upcharges that you could incur from grading cards. I can't wait to see how this order turns out. Right. Oh, it's exciting. Uh, yeah. I, I, I actually am. So uh, yeah, the cards right there, don't you? Yeah, I do, man. We got about a hundred cards that we're sending in a lot of uh, really nice skill position cards and some, a bunch of quarterbacks in here as well, man. So so twelve dollars a card. So you know, with the shipping and stuff, it comes out to about probably like twenty to twenty-five dollars per card, like just overall, right? Somewhere around there. Are, are, and and you're covering. Yeah, I would. The, I would. Yeah, I'm covering it on this first go round because I didn't oh. anticipate these these extra charges. And Look at I, you. Gonna, yeah, I'm not going to go back to the patrons, man. That's that's part of their 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 membership, you know. But the next go round, yeah, it's going to be like more like fourteen dollars per card. Um, to cover those shipping expenses. The other thing, you have to have it in a penny sleeve and a semi-rigid, whether it's an Ultra Pro or a Card Saver 1. You got to have it in a semi-rigid. So it's very similar to that of PSA. So you CSG. can't do top loader. You can't, can't do yeah. top loaders. You know, so that was another little learning experience. Um, some guys sent in a bunch of cards with top loaders. It's fine because I've got a bunch of top loaders now and I happen to have a surplus of card savers. So, you know, it's, oh. it's all good. You know, re they replenished my top loader supply and I, I, you know, I hooked them up with the semi rigids for the submission. And I was actually able to find, you know, this is a benefit of using a group uh, submission service. And I'm not even a card shop or an expert, but I do know what to look for. Uh, I have studied these now for a couple of years and I found some significant surface issues that I knew immediately would detract from the grade of that card. And I was able to send those back uh, because I recommended they, they didn't grade them. Look at you. I like that. Look at you. I mean, man. you know how important the 10 is, man. I want these guys to get maximum amount of 10s. And, uh, you know, if I find stuff that I'm like, that's definitely going to, you know, hold it back from getting a 10. I don't think you should submit this one. So. I like it. I like it. So, you know, as far as like group submitting is concerned, I, I've done one. I've done one group submission. And it was with PSA. And it was mixed in with when their backlog really happened and it took me a year and a half uh to to get it back now it was a card that i'm never going to sell it was a tyron matthew auto and it got a nine but like i wasn't worried about the return time it just was like, the card's going to be on my pc forever but it's it was 19 dollars, right you know 
group submissions just aren't going to be that cheap with PSA anymore. I, I just don't think that that's ever going to be the case. And, you know, with CSG's new labels, God, they look so much better. <laughs> they, they really so much better, so, so much cleaner, so much easier. So I, I, I do like that. I like that you, that number one, you know, you're a stand-up guy. I think I show you some love all the time and you've helped me out a bunch. You've helped everybody out a bunch. That's good that you're covering the shipping charges, but that's just a good rule of thumb with cards in general. If you are getting into it, it's not just the price of the card, right? Whether you're grading, whether you're actually going to collect, whether you're actually going to rip, you know, you, you got to factor in a lot of different things, right? Let's just say you are new to cards, and you want to sell and you want to ship, well, you got to make sure you have a printer. You got to make sure you have a, a label maker. You got to make sure you have, uh, you know, penny sleeves, top loaders, bubble mailers. Uh, th there's a lot to it. There's a lot of extra cost to it. And th there's a lot of accessories that comes along with cards. And, you know, always factor that in if you're just now getting back into it. Now, it's time for Play of the Week. Andy, are are you gonna go first or am I gonna go first? Because I feel because I told you my play of the week, and you know the patrons better than me, and you told me that the patrons would get really excited about my play of the week. So uh, I'll go first, and I, okay. I I gotta roll I gotta roll with the guy that actually has made me money before, and that is Michael Pittman Jr. Okay, loved him coming out of USC, and and when the draft happened. He uh, – that was Joe Burrow's draft year, of course. I bought a lot of his USC cards and flipped them for pretty nice profits, and that was just the hype leading into it. He's been really good for the Colts, really, really good, especially when you factor in the quarterback play that he's had, you factor in Jonathan Taylor, you factor in all these different things. Now, he is going to be playing with – the best quarterback he's ever played with, with all due respect to Phillip Rivers and Carson Wentz. Matt Ryan was still good these past couple of seasons. It's just the Falcons had one of the worst rosters in the league over these past couple of seasons. So, yeah, Michael Pittman Jr., they drafted a receiver in Alec Pierce, who I think is okay. I don't think he's going to take targets away from, from Pittman. And, yes, of course, they do have um, – Paris Campbell coming back, and there are a few other options. And let's be honest, the uh, the Jonathan Taylor show is still going to keep rolling. But teams are going to make Jonathan Taylor not beat them. So what does that mean? Well, that means Michael Pittman targets are going to open themselves up. Now, do I think he's a Justin Jefferson-level talent? No. But I still think he has low-key Pro Bowl potential. Um, he's long. He's athletic. He's a great jump ball catcher. Um, route running is fine. I, I love me some Michael Pittman. And if you can get any of his autograph stuff for in that 20, 30, 40 range. Uh, I, I bought up Deontay Johnson in, in this range this offseason. I, I feel like you should do it. I really do. So I, I'm a big MPJ believer, Andy. Oof, I love that play, man. I think there's no doubt he's going to be the wide receiver one in that offense, get more consistency, better quarterback play from Matt Ryan. This is his, like Matt Ryan's final hoorah. 
you know, and you got um, Michael Pittman sitting here. He's just in that he's in that sweet spot where he's like a, a total stud wide receiver one. But would you rather have, you know, where, where it's clear he's a wide receiver one. So it's like, would you rather have Michael Pittman or Jalen Waddle? Oh, easily Pittman. Easily, easily Pittman, right? Would you easily. rather have Michael Pittman or Rashad Bateman? Easily Pittman. Easily Pittman. So right there in that range, I would rather have Michael Pittman as well. Um, and the Colts, I mean, they're in a pretty good division. Uh, the, the Tennessee Titans have gone through a lot of changes this offseason. Uh, so uh, it's not a guarantee that they're going to win the division again. And the Colts are like they're prime for a run, man, with a much better quarterback this year. So I love that that Michael Pittman play. And there's still some good the, the auction volumes are up this week. So we've seen new auctions. Like look at this one ending at 642 a.m. tomorrow morning. Who's gonna be up bidding on this? Is probably gonna be very little competition. Autograph card numbered out of 150. You get that for around 30, 40 dollars uh, in that range. It, get, it still leaves you with a lot of upside for a card with those assets. And also keep in mind this, and this is for all Indianapolis players. I, I would stay away, uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor, you know, his cards are so high right now. But Indianapolis' schedule is one of the best in the NFL. Yes, you start off with two road games, but those two road games at Houston, at Jacksonville, I don't think you would consider either of those secondaries to be elite or either of those teams to be elite. Then you get Kansas City, who just lost Tyron, and then, of course, you have Tennessee after that. Um, Tennessee's defense, yeah, is it good? Is it bad? I, I can't tell you. It's probably middle of the pack to worse. I like that start for Michael Pittman Jr., so be on the lookout for that. Andy, time for your play of the week, my friend. So my play of the week is risky, no doubt about it, but there is a ton of upside if this guy does get a start for uh, his team in 2022, because he was drafted in round three um, and there's no guarantee that he is going to start, but I'm I'm going to the Carolina Panthers and I'm going to talk about Matt Corral drafted in the third round from the Carolina Panthers uh, that went to Ole Miss. And I think that if he gets a start this year, because Sam Darnold, uh, has poor performance, and and Matt Rule is definitely on the hot seat as a head coach in Carolina. They've got a tough schedule coming out of the gate. If, if uh, like I'm looking at the schedule right here, they're playing the Browns week one, uh, and then they play. Well, where did schedule go? But schedule just schedule disappeared on me. All right, I'll but, pull it up um, for you. Uh, Carolina, they start the season. Cleveland. At New York Giants, New Orleans, Arizona. So lots of um, home games to start the year. Four out of their first five games are home games. So that's a lot of fan coverage. If the, and, and you know how rabid that fan base is for competent quarterback play. If you actually look at the Carolina Panthers, they have a pretty large fan base. They have a, a larger than average market score a team score and they've got a really good defensive roster believe it or not carter they uh jc horn was one of their top draft picks last year he was injured he'll be back this year you got some of the uh, brian burns incredible edge rusher there you've got some incredible defensive talent they've got incredible weapons in dj moore and your guy from lsu terrace marshall robbie anderson you got christian mccaffrey 
supposedly 100% healthy. They draft Iki Aquanu, who's like is a hometown guy from North Carolina State, uh, touted as the best run blocking tackle in the draft this past year. He was drafted in the first round. Christian McCaffrey says thank you there. So we're seeing a little bit of hype for CMC. Darnold is just dirt cheap. Nobody's expecting him to do anything. So I almost think you could buy some Darnold. And if he doesn't pan out within the first couple of weeks, you know Matt Rule is going to bench him. We saw him bench Darnold last year. They pulled in Cam Newton from uh, free agency with borderline retirement from that guy. And, and they try and go there. That didn't work out. So he's scrambling for a quarterback solution. They don't trade for a Baker Mayfield or a Jimmy Garoppolo or something like that. Then you've got Matt Corral there, who is a gamer. I, I love the guy's tenacity. He punched like Wayne Gretzky's son in the in high school, got kicked out of high school. I don't know what exactly happened there, but he got in a fight with him. He even put up with his crap. And he was a total dog, a total competitor at Old Miss. That's also an SEC school, right, Carter? Yes, Ole Miss, SEC West, baby. So I'd love to hear your take on him, but I think that if he if there's news that Darnold's benched and Corral's going to start, he could go out and light it up potentially, or just on that news alone, I think we could see his cards pop in value. Plus, they're going to be really scarce because he's a he's a 2022 rookie. You're going to have to flip some college product, but there's some opportunity there. Yeah, so Matt Corral, he, he had some throws that were just spellbinding. I mean, just some downright filthy throws uh, at Ole Miss. Has a lot of arm talent, and he does have a little dual threat to his game. He did run the ball a lot last year, but the difference is that was good for college. I don't think he's really a dual threat NFL kind of guy. He's not a Malik Willis-level athlete when it comes to arm talent or just speed. Andy, I, I I don't see him as an NFL quarterback. You know, you 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 look at that Lane Kiffin offense; it's very gadgety. And at the same time, uh, you know, I do defend Matt Corral in this. A lot of his best players did get hurt last year at wide receiver. So you know, it it is very interesting going into the NFL. I I just don't like that situation in Carolina. I I know their roster has gotten better, but. I'm just not a Matt Corral believer, but this is a thing. Who cares, right? Sports cards don't always go with how you actually play. So I like the Matt Corral play. Um, I do see a world where he could be a Derek Carr, absolutely. But I don't see him as, you know, Burrow Herbert tier. I don't think that's in his range of outcomes. Um, I, I just don't. But you know, we'll, we'll see. Once again, it's a hype driven world. So and that's the, and that's the rub. So I'd be looking to have these ready to go. That news comes that he's starting that first weekend, big matchup. Boom. Sell, sell, sell. I'm selling. I'm not even going to take, you know, take the, the roll, the dice to see if he's actually going to pan out. I'm going to sell on that initial hype because if you like, if you can catch them right now, the Bowman, you with the first, the refractor, the autograph for 50 bucks, We've seen quarterbacks with scarcity and autographs just exponentially. People reach up oh, two hundred dollars is the only one on eBay. I gotta have me a Matt Corral rookie card. You know Th- this may be my chance, and and they go and they reach. You know Charlotte fan. There's people in that fan base or just you know card investors out there that are looking to make that gamble. I love it. I absolutely love it. So there you go, Matt Corral. I didn't think we'd get to Matt Corral today, but. 
That's the brilliance of this show. It's, hey, you know, there's definitely risk involved. There's definitely risk involved, but you know, it's it's there. I, I can see that that storyline playing out. There's definitely a a, a realistic possibility that storyline plays out. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, I I do. I I could see it happen. So there's obviously so much that we can get to, but we do have to sign off right now. Look, all our episodes are fun to watch. You can you know check it out you know anywhere you get your podcasts five star reviews the subscriptions but most notably here we we are not experts when it comes to card shows there are many of you that go to card shows we have a good idea we shared some tips and tricks i watch card show vlogs and i've gone to a few but there are a lot of you that are more experienced when it comes to those things so please comment down below because we're going to revisit this topic uh within the next couple of weeks we are very interested to know what you guys and gals have to say andy it was fun baby another yes. episode of please help me out guys help me out the, going to my first card show man don't throw me to the wolves let's go peace we'll see you next peace. week let's see go. you next time what up what up man Recording started. Let's go. It's backstage, baby. It's backstage. Pre-game. What what's up, man? How, how's your day I'm, going? I'm trying uh good, man. I'm hey man. I'm grinding away in the offseason, dude. I'm just having a good time, man. I put together uh been working on just just running back rankings and tiers, uh, like looking at how many rookie cards were made for each guy, using the rookie ticket auto as a gold standard to kind of gauge their, their value. Um, and then looking at the schedule, looking at their production, just like taking everything into consideration for these guys and, and, you know, finding the opportunities. I just finished the group CSG submission. Group CSG. Group CSG, dude, literally have about a hundred cards in here from uh, a bunch of different people in the patreon in the discord oh so you you're doing a group for the patrons i did oh, man a bulk bulk submissions so 12 dollars per card oh, um oh god bless are you kidding me yes yeah, csg for csg yeah with those new labels for 12 dollars a card that's uh, that's actually really good honestly I you know, know you're a PSA. I know you're a PSA truther or PSA homer, I guess, if you will, because because you, your dad's uh, got the history. Yeah, and and look, that was I. I I'll say this: when my dad was collecting, like he would, of course, still he he would still use PSA now, but I don't think he would like the like the wait times. I think he would have looked into. Uh, I don't think he's ever owned a BGS card or any other slab. Wow. Yeah, but like that was like he was submitting to PSA before it, it became a thing. Like he hasn't been involved at all since, you know, the boom. So like he was with like he liked their slabs before like everyone did, you know, before like, you know, the boom made it, you know, bigger. And I know PSA was gaining steam and was a thing before that, but. But yeah, you know, I I I am not beholden to any slab, even though I still have never owned, never owned um, 
an SGC slab, even though they've grown on me and I like them and I like their uh, their services. And I like that CSG changed their slab. I honestly think objectively, and I know we're all this is all a subjective thing. I think CSG slabs are the ugliest things I've ever seen. The, <laughs> the that, green and the white. <laughs> yeah, it just it it just uh, and and I'm all for exotic. I'm all for like different stuff. I just think it it looked too childish. It looked it it looked like like if if I was slabbing a Nickelodeon card, sure, I'll I'll uh, I'll CSG all day. But uh, before we get started, let me grab this water, and I want to put uh, my Terrell Davis shirt on. All right. I reached out to this uh, the the Justin Jefferson Super Collector guy, mm-hmm. and he does a lot of breaks and stuff like that. And obviously, his collection is has gained value because you know Jefferson just has so much hype, mm-hmm. and he's just killing it right now. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at the volume here of Justin Jefferson. He's Number one skill position guy still. I'm look and and here I am just looking at. Uh, I've never actually looked this guy up, but I'm looking at Terrell Davis rookie cards. I've got uh, I've got him pulled up on Vintage. Looking at his chart, I've got his select certified 1995 select certified because that's a, a a nice one. That's a, one of the more iconic ones, I think. How are these cards so cheap? Yeah, look at this, dude. This is the PSA 10 chart. So you can see right now, you can get a PSA 10 select certified Terrell Davis uh, rookie card for about 50 bucks. It looks like there's a couple there at the end of April, about 40, but 68. Um, and it does show that there's four available for purchase that you you probably would want to watch out for. They're all nines, so it's going to be card harder to find in 10 condition, but you should be able to pick up a 10 for around 50 to 60. I'm looking at his mirror golds. Okay, yeah, I saw that one on here as well. Uh, Yeah, I'm interested to hear what your favorite 1995 Terrell Davis rookie card would be, the select certified mirror gold. That one looks pretty nice. Yeah, that would be it. I've never looked at him before. That's fire right there. Is TD like my favorite running back ever? No, but I, I mean, I love the shit out of this guy. Wasn't there something that happened to him one game where he couldn't see? Like he went blind or he had migraines or something like that? I have no idea. There was something about Terrell Davis I watched in his documentary. There was one game where it was something about he couldn't see because of a migraine, but he was playing through it, and he was like, I don't know. I'd have to go look that up. It was something I watched on like a a 30 for 30 type of thing on Terrell Davis. Man, I wish I had more money. I would be buying these like crazy. Huh? 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 This is crazy how cheap his cards are. What about this uh, uh, autograph stuff? SP. uh, SP autograph. Bowman's best uh, atomic refractor. There you go. 96. He doesn't have a whole lot of of autographs. The Ultra. I bet you that one's pretty hot. That Ultra. So I found the... um, I'll send this to you. The... uh, the card that I was looking at that was two of five, that Drew Brees card, I found the one uh I found the one of one of that card. So but I wanna I wanna get your opinion on something really quickly. And I think 
this would be something very interesting for uh, your patrons. Mm -hmm. So I'll send this to you um, in this private chat right here. Uh, All right. So click that link. Fabric of the game. So let me know your opinion on when one of ones are written one of one at the instead of you know like imprinted one of one. Oh. Yeah. No, I've seen these not hold as much value as the inscribed one of one. Right. And I yeah. feel I feel as if uh, do do I think someone just wrote one of one on that card? No. But at the same time, you know, the, the, here's the weird thing about it that doesn't make a lot of sense to me is why would this why would this card be one of one written, but the other versions of the card, the, like the two of five that I was looking at, is uh, is actually inscribed in the card. You know, you know what I'm yeah. saying. I think they're they're taking it uh, a little. They're stretching it. So I, what I think happened was there was a, an event, a signing event that was hosted by whoever, you know, some type of card shop, you know, or maybe right. a card show sponsor, like a big sponsor. Drew Brees was there. He signed a card. He signed this one card, and they wrote one of one on it because it was the only one he signed at that event like this. So. I, I think that's what happened. I don't know for certain, but I've heard similar stories of stuff like this. And, and it was hosted, an event hosted by a local card shop or a card distributor. And Drew Brees was invited or paid to come. And he signed certain cards that were pulled. And this was the only card he signed from that set kind of thing at that show. So it's a one-of-one one from that show. <laughs> I think is what it really it, what it boils down to, and also the two of five doesn't have uh, has a sticker auto, so mm -hmm. you know you, you do get the on card auto, you do get the one of one written on there. It's just like let, let's just say I bought this card and I sent it off to. Uh, PSA, SGC, or whatever, would they put one of one on the slab? Mm. See, that's where it gets interesting. Mm. Yeah, I think it. I think it depends on who guarantees the uh, the one of one. And in this case, I I don't think the manufacturer is going to guarantee this one of one. So I don't think they will. I don't. I don't think they will. Right. And it would be interesting to though to go find other ones like this and see if they're if, and see if they're graded and what what eBay uh, or PSA did. So that's where it gets interesting, right? So let me. I've seen and and uh, this is very interesting. I've seen a bunch of uh, Michael Jordan one of ones, where uh, the one of one is uh, is is written on the card uh which is you know very interesting uh but yeah. that's where that's where you know i i've seen uh, a few mj one of ones where it's written on there one of one 
even though it's not a one of one. I've seen that a lot with 2017 op- football optic as well. Or it's written on there? Yeah, where the serial number is actually handwritten on there. Um, I'm going to see if I can find any that are graded. Yeah, he, here, here's one right here of, uh, of Jordan. But it's not on the... Uh, it's not on the slab. Let me see. Is it on there? Oh, the patch autos. Oh, no, it's not. It's kind of it's kind of just like a little hobby nugget, you know. It's not. That's why I'm glad I talked to you about it first because I don't. Would I prefer the Would I prefer this card over the two of five? Yeah, because it's an on card auto. Man, I've seen it several times before. And now, when I want to find it, of course, I can't find one. Yeah, you know, that's how it always works. <laughs> Son of a. But don't worry about it. That's just like a little. That's why I'm glad I got your second opinion on it. It's gonna drive me crazy now, man. Yeah, because it's it's such a specific little thing. Yeah. Right? Um, I feel like I I'm hate... gonna have to call up PSA after this and ask them if they even answer their phone. Maybe yeah, CSG. I, I, I I am very curious about how that works. So like, uh, I I feel as if. And you you might you might feel differently because this is obviously very anecdotal. But just watching like the uh, the the card vlogs, it does seem like the hobby has become even more QB focused as far as like you know hiring stuff like people that want what they want. I feel as if you know the, the, it, it's just quarterbacks still. Oh yeah. I mean, I get it. I I um I agree with that. It's still very much a dichotomy between quarterbacks, but I mean, hey dude, the quest numbers grow each week and each week I get a lot of DMs like I think I get more DMs about wide receivers and running backs than I do quarterbacks just because you know, most uh, average people, you know, they, they, they'd rather get a rare wide receiver card than a base quarterback card of a guy that's not even proven, you know? Right. That, and that's how I feel, too. That's how I feel, too. I just don't know if I'm ever going to buy a big card unless I'm just right there, you know, buying it, <laughs> like in the flesh. I just don't know if that's something that I would do. I don't I don't know if I'd buy a big card off eBay because there's just so much, you know, is that actually the card? And now I'm reading more about the bait and switch uh, stuff that's happening where, you know, like if you have a really nice Justin Herbert silver, but there's like a little scratch on it, you buy another Justin Herbert silver raw. And then you're like, well, this one got scratched in, in, in transit. And then you send that one back, and boom, you got a good, fresh Justin <laughs> Herbert Silver. Uh, oh, that's dirty, man. I've seen, I do, I've seen, I it, I've seen it happen far too often for that to, to like. I just think it's just too convenient to see that many cards get scratched in transit per se. I'll never sell a big raw card like that unless it's numbered just because of that 
<laughs> because I, 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 I've seen it. And, you know, like, for instance, what was the last card show you've been to? Have you been to one? No, I haven't. I'm actually scheduled to go to my first one, uh, not this Saturday, but next Saturday, the uh, June 4th. 